0: You well, 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 welcome back to Screen Share, a movie podcast about three for one chips not being profitable for Frito-Lay. Mm-hmm. My name's Adam Cook. And I'm cr- be- you're Cramulan? What? Cramulan. <laughs> Cramulan. Cr- in- is- wow, that was good enough. Um <laughs> the, the what this is that we're continuing our month. Com- <laughs> no, oh, oh, oh. we're continuing our comedy month um <laughs> we're <in> the second <laughs> week. <laughs> this one's the one where we go ha ha funny. Um and last week we did step brothers. Step Brothers. Yes. You know, um, which was called, uh, one of Calder's picks. Um, ranked high on the list. We'll see how I feel about that. <laughs> Anyway, no. no what <laughs> never mind hmm. i just uh i do a lot of second guessing in my life so yeah i, I don't know if i should have given you the one i, I kind of gave away an extra spot and I don't, I don't know how to feel about it but you know ah, you're a scumbag I, I i laid my bed and i'm gonna lay in it that's not how the phrase goes this week is my i pick. made my bed so i'm gonna try not to take a shit no, that is my story. I pooped the bed all that time. And there he is. There's the real man. <laughs> it is late. Um, am I gonna look at you the whole episode? Yeah, you haven't thus far, and <laughs> honestly, it's making me a little more confident. I think your eyes pierce into my heart and yeah, because I can to see how, how much of a thumb. fake bitch you are. Wow, he went there. So this week is <laughs> my episode. Calder gets three picks for this month of comedies. Because I get I'm the funny one. Because he is the funny one. Uh, And I'm the hot one. All right. With Sean Evans. Um. (laughs) And I'm the funny one with... (laughs) No, that was just proof. You saying I'm the hot one. Oh, because I wasn't funny. Yeah. I see. That was good. Um, So I see, I see bank. I spice. One of our teachers once told me that he took out a second mortgage on his house because... There were low interest rates at ICIC Bank, which is a Chinese bank. I see how we're, I'm connecting the dots back. Banks have money. You can buy drugs with money. Brooks, in this movie, is a drug dealer, smuggler. It all connects. As soon as you looked at me, you started to fall apart. That's. I think I it's think... just... Maybe I'm the one with piercing eyes. We gotta so i chose game night i i had a limit i had to like uh figure out what two comedies i wanted to choose my favorite comedy already on this list book smart we've already done it before um it's i kind of blew about, your load i thought about doing super bad but it's uh it's a little too soon since book smart because i do feel like those two movies are and it's inappropriate for you to pick that one kind of similar in spirit why because that's more of a you movie i own that okay <laughs> okay The other reason... You look evil right now in this lighting. We got low light going for this episode. Uh, The other reason was because Jonah Hill's kind of going through some uh, shit in the public eye right now. Oh, what's that? What? Oh, he's just apparently like a bad guy. What? What? Have you not heard about this? No, man. I don't follow celebrity shit. Oh, dude. This is going to be like way late news by the time this comes out. But basically, he's like kind of like an emotionally abusive uh, boyfriend and like... A bunch of texts came out and apparently he's like not a great guy which is, is a that bummer. like when you like like you get mad at me for something for me doing something wrong but like I haven't done anything wrong and you like tell me that I'm wrong and like that I've done something wrong is it like that kind of thing no oh, okay yeah I, I guess I just I, I haven't heard about that then so I didn't do uh, super bad. I did also think that's more of a U movie, so I wanted to leave that on the table for you. Uh, Twenty One Jump Street, I also thought about doing, but ended up going with Game Night, which is a movie I just saw for the first time within the past like six months to a year. Honestly, I thought we watched that together. Yeah, we watched it together at my current place. Oh, like okay. in, in yeah, it's a, it, it was a pretty recent first watch for me. We watched it again, so I've watched this a total of two times, and I'm gonna say off the top one. I think one of the best modern comedies, like comedies within the past, like five years, five. Yeah, I, it's just I five hesitate years. to say five to 10, but like, it's one of my favorite. I think it's one of my favorite comedies from the few times I've watched it. And I think truly it's because it's about 75% of, because of Jesse Plemons yeah. <laughs> in this movie. But like, I also think that like, there's rarely like it, it's, almost always hitting and like a lot of the jokes are good the couple times that it is kind of like eh, i can tell that it's kind of like millennial humor not to go after millennials here that's our thing though (laughs) going after yeah no our thing is going on tangents is our thing i think our thing is like no you're right actually that's our thing (laughs) like going on tangents yeah um (laughs) were you about to go on a tangent and then you were like i just don't want to get punished interesting this is an interesting bit (laughs) you're really good at smiling to make me feel okay about laughing at the joke i made but then not making a sound so that the listeners think that i'm just laughing at my own joke anyway um yeah i do that all the time (laughs) okay anyway i chose game night i think it's really funny um i did no research for this movie at all fun Um, All right, I guess this will be my episode two then. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I completely forgot. Uh, that's That's okay. like the main reason. But yeah, I don't know. The, I just like when this movie came out, I kind of didn't really hear much about it leading up to it. But then when it came out, I heard a lot of word of mouth of people being like, this movie is like genuinely good. And I feel like it kind of came out around the time that people were like, comedies are s- uh, kind of sucking. Because I feel like there was a period of time where comedies were not hitting anymore. To give you an example, this came out the same year as Tag. I saw Tag as well. It's Tag's fine. not very good. It's just fine. So this movie budget thirty-seven million. Not bad. Made one hundred and seventeen. That's pretty good. Now that is pretty good. But here's the thing that like. I guess is like kind of explains that is that at this point they're getting to the zone where it's like, it's gotta be a comedy and something. Right. So this is like a comedy and an action movie. Yeah. Where it's like, I feel like we've talked about before. I feel like comedy and action movie is a frequent combo, like a very, especially now where it's like, we need to make it an event. So like Mm -hmm. tag is kind of a comedy and an action movie. Yeah. Um, and like, so is like let's be cops and ride along and like the hitman's bodyguard and stuff like that where it's like it's a comedy but also there's this action thing in it right yeah stuber classic example that you love (laughs) yeah love stuber Oh uh, Stuber, what a fucking But like there was just a period of time where like comedies no no one was really going to see comedies and Coffee if they were they were very mid. Like they were five out of ten movies. And it was just kinda like, haha, that was funny, but we weren't getting hits like we used to. And then I just heard that this was truly very good. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't get around to watching it, like I said, until very recently. Because it also came out in 2018, which was kind of a bit of a weird zone for both of us. Mm -hmm. Where like, I don't know, we were like starting at new schools and Mm -hmm. like didn't really have the time. And it also came out in February. So you're like, yeah, yeah. You know, like they, it seems like a movie that they dumped in February, but it actually like it, it good. It deserved a better spot, I think. It's kind of like, um, fuck, what was the mo- more recent one that was like dumped in February but was actually good? I, I, I might remember it later, but like this happens every once in a while where they're like dump a good movie mm-hmm. in the sort of dumpy area of the year. The dumpy area. Yeah. 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 But, yeah, then I finally watched this movie and I kinda went in being like, eh, I heard it was good, but like it's probably just fine. Cause I also heard Detective Pikachu was good and then we watched that recently and it was wow, way worse than I thought it would be. Oh like Knock at the Cabin. The new M night movie was dumped in February this year. But it was pretty Well, it's like it's like pretty good. Okay. But uh this movie also very good. I like it a lot. Yeah. I think it's v- It's shot really well. Oh, 80 for Brady, obviously. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, it's shot. Re- <laughs> it's shot really well. They, like, do these, like, macro-looking shots mm-hmm. that are, like, helicopter shots of, like, the neighborhood. They do one of, like, the bridge. They do, like, a bunch of these shots that make it... Everything looks, like, super tiny little play pieces, like a little mm-hmm. game board, but it's it's just like regular life and it's kind of jarring at first but it's really cool looking and i like it a lot but even not those shots just like generally how the movie's shot i feel like it's it's a step above most comedies in my opinion um Mm. and i really like it a lot there's a lot of like very intentional choices that the directors who this was i think their first feature um the directors yes yeah but they'd done other things kind of like john francis daly was in um freaks and geeks he was like have you ever watched freaks and geeks i've like he's like aware of the nerdy kind of main kid okay and i think he was the youngest but he directed or actually no this wasn't their first movie i lied Their first movie was vacation and it's a directing okay so it's john francis daly and jonathan goldstein So they directed The Vacation with Ed Helms, Mm -hmm. which is like a sort of legacy sequel reboot kind of thing to the National Lampoon Vacation, Christmas Vacation, European Vacation movies. Which is fine. Um, It's definitely worse than this movie. For some reason, the only thing I really remember about Vacation is being in a cineplex movie theater coming out of some other movie (laughs) and seeing that they had like this giant display for vacation where they had a bunch of these huge cutouts that were displayed like on the wall high up like above the concession stand i just remember being like they're doing this for vacation (laughs) i just remember being like that's strange that's anyway that was a bit of a Tangent story, but that's all I remember about that movie. <laughs> um, but the movie made a pretty good amount of money; made a hundred million dollars on a thirty million dollar budget. That was Vacation. Yes. Okay. These guys also wrote Horrible Bosses, which I like. I don't know. If, have you seen Horrible Bosses? I've seen clips of Horrible Bosses. I've just I've just also heard that referenced as like one of the movies that has aged the worst as far as sexual assault jokes. But I guess. It's mostly just the Jennifer Aniston bit, but like that's yeah, not the whole movie. But you you never it's not like she's supposed to be a good person. No. You know? It's not like they're like, oh she's, she's cool and this is cool. No, but like it's still the joke. Anyway. Uh you know what you know what's a real joke? What? He pointed at me, guys. They also wrote uh I think they wrote it together. The well, Incredible the- Burt Wonderstone. Oh nice, okay. Which is like that. That's the Bo weird... one, right? No. No, nope. I'm thinking think so. of a different thing. It's a weird Steve Carell right. Um Steve Buscemi and Jim Carrey movie, I guess. Um which I remember seeing the trailer for and being like, who the fuck is watching that? <laughs> Cause it just it was like capitalizing on like the David Blaine Chris Angel thing. Thirteen years after oh, people care, I'm pretty sure I watched that in a dentist's office. I would believe it. That's the place to watch it. <laughs> but I remember being like, "Okay." Um, I think they wrote Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs two, and then they direct Vacation in 2015. Um, they have script credits on Spider-Man: Homecoming. Then they direct okay. Game Night. Then they have, I think, writing credits on Vacation Friends. And then they direct Dungeons and Dragons and write that the also new, the new film. And then they worked on the story for The Flash. Yikes. Well, yeah, which is a like ending, but like nine people worked on The Flash script. It's Dude, like it's probably more than nine. It's like the Elvis credits where like Baz Lerman has four writing credits because he wrote worked on it like with four different pairs of <laughs> like with four other people yeah at different times um well, well also the writer of this film game night want to know what he's done before nothing when, once i say this you're gonna realize that like of course this movie's well written mm-hmm. herbie fully loaded wow talking car not, or not even <laughs> talking car. Me, sorry what was that car with eyes mark perez yeah I feel like... Um, um, he did a show called Accepted. It looks like he truly hasn't done much. As- oh, Back 9. I've actually heard okay things about Back 9. Um, but yeah, he hasn't really done a whole lot aside from Game Night. It but seems like, like he was kind of like in a slump and then was like, what could we do? Like, what's a good thing to do? Yeah, And it's like action comedy based around like a board game yeah. with like pretty well fleshed out characters where even the side characters have like a thing that they're going through. Yeah. And it's not like a boring thing. It's not like, ugh, I don't really like the one I care about. Probably the least is like the couple who's trying to figure out like the, they've been together since the middle. Denzel Washington. They got married at 19, but then he finds out that she slept with a guy during a break. They had like a celebrity. Yeah. It's like, that's the one I care about the least But I I still still think it's funny. And I I think the payoff is still good. Yeah. So, like, it all kind of works. And everything kind of flows back into each other. Things that are set up are paid off. Even, like, the bungee cord to suck his dick thing is paid off. It does feel like everything gets a callback. Mm -hmm. Like, Jason Bateman's character even specifically says at the end. Because they, like, they do charades to... Like, he does charades to... Try and get her to like push a button to make a belt move to drop a box on yeah, a guy. which is a callback to when he did charades to propose to her yeah, it's like I and mean, then she does Pictionary to tell him that she's got a bun in the oven, <laughs> um, but like there's just a lot of callbacks and everything feels very tight and even while we were watching the movie this past time there were a couple things that we were like a little bit weird that this is like this doesn't make sense and then we talked about it for like five more seconds and we were like actually. They kind of, like, wrap that up. Yeah. Like, we were talking about how, like, they steal this egg from these guys. Mm -hmm. And, like, we were, like, those guys, like, once the movie's done, definitely going after these people and killing them for stealing this egg from him. Mm -hmm. Because he's, like, a rich and powerful, like, mob boss, basically. But then we realized the movie ends with guys showing up at the house with, like, guns and masks. Yeah. So, like, they do kind of... A, like, it just feels like nothing is left hanging. Yeah. And it, that I feel like that's rare. It's a key to in a, a good comedy. script, love. Yeah. And there he is. Well, because, like, I don't leave with questions, really. I just leave, like, satisfied. <laughs> I leave with a full tummy. I leave with my appetite. Keep going. Uh... Keep going. What? Keep going. S- Keep, going. S- Keep going. What would... My appetite has been filled? Satisfied. Is that it? I, okay. Well, I already said that. Oh, It's, it's a good sorry. film. Um, it gets my rocks off. You don't have rocks. That's true. I'm more of a paper guy. Mm-hmm. You're a scissor. I know that. Yeah, I cut right to the bone. Anyway... <sighs> so game night we've got Jason Bateman as our main guy how do you feel about Jason Bateman as a leading man well here's the thing I generally don't really think Jason Bateman is like a funny guy and he's in a lot of comedy stuff but I don't think he's a very like funny charismatic guy he's more like I feel like he plays a better Straight man to a comedic guy. He is the not to sound angry at you. No worries. But he like his thing is that he is the straight guy. Yeah. Um, Let me just check if I absolutely fucked up our entire life. Yep. I think we're good. Okay. (laughs) Nice. Thank you for double checking. And hold on. I can't check what it's recording through. Let me just do it. Do do it. Wow. Wow. Uh, oh and we're good hell yeah um he is the straight guy yeah and it's best shown off in arrested development because (laughs) that is him as a straight man a little bit biting a little bit sarcastic surrounded by a bunch of characters who he can play off of. So anytime he's in a room with one of these characters, even if it's kind of George Michael, Mm -hmm. he can kind of throw it back at them. And that's like the thing that he is by far better at than anyone else, which is why I think horrible bosses works well. There's some questionable jokes. If we talk about that on an episode, we can talk about that, get into that context. But like him, Charlie Day and Jason Sudeikis where Jason Sudeikis plays between the two. Charlie Day is kind of like the... The whack. Why, yeah, he's the wild one. I just think that combo works well. Yeah. Um, The change-up. That's a Sudeikis and picture. And we move on. <laughs> um, but like... <laughs> Wait, did you say that's a Sudeikis picture? I don't know what I said. I think you did, but I, I think um, you meant Jason Bateman. Oh, why don't you call me out on every little fucking mistake I've Sorry, ever made? I'm just trying to make sure I'm understanding. You know what's interesting? He's in a movie called The Change-Up and The Switch. And in The Switch, he's like a sperm donor or something. Oh, that's good. Um, here's the thing about Jason Bateman in this movie, though. Mm-hmm. This is the first time I've seen Jason Bateman as, like, the guy mm-hmm. where I think it works. Because he plays, like... He plays that sarcastic guy, mm-hmm. but it's played more as like like him and Rachel McAdams the whole time are kind of like a little bit arrogant mm-hmm. and it kind of works as like comedic leads because they're not unlikable. They're just like very, very confident. And it yeah. comes, it that kind of allows Jason Bateman to play that kind of sarcastic role. Because like every time something genuinely bad is happening to them, but he thinks it's a game, mm-hmm. he's able to be like, oh yeah, that's really great. Yeah, good. Which is like, I know I just said like two words, but that's kind of Jason Bateman in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, and I think it works really well. I think he's really good in it. And uh, I'm glad I finally saw something with him in it that truly, like, I truly thought was really good. And I think he brings a lot to it. And I think the thing with him, especially now, that I think is good, I think it's, like, he's just gotten a little older and it's a little different. Because, like, now his main thing is kind of smartless since Ozark has ended. Yeah, yeah. It's which just apparently just, Ozark is a, a really good. I watched good, the first great. couple seasons. It was really good. Nice. They call me no final season calledy. <laughs> I never watched the final season. <laughs> he either. doesn't want him to end. Um, But like his thing now is kind of smartless, which I don't love because I just feel like he wants to like, like the interviews kind of suffer because I feel like he wants to do a good job. Will Arnett is trying to be funny, and then... Oh, what, the podcast? Yeah. Okay, sorry, I forgot what Smart List was. Yeah, and then they both shit on Sean Hayes. So it's like, I don't know, he feels a little too high status and low status. I mean, I've only listened to one episode of that podcast that you showed me. What episode was we it? Were going. It was when we were going to Nova Scotia, and you just played an episode. Oh, okay. I forget what the episode was. But, like, I did kind of get the vibe that, like... Jason Bateman was trying to be the funny guy, but mm-hmm. he's just like that's he's just like that's just not his role. Yeah. And then Will Arnett was kind of just there and would say something once in a while that didn't would not really relate or matter. Yeah. And then Sean Hayes like tried to ask a question, but if he asked a question that was either too stupid or too serious, he got his ass eaten out. Yeah, weird phrasing to use. But. Sure. Um, so, but I think in this movie. It's the proper balance. Oh, yeah. Of like his serious sensibilities and his ability to make things funny. And I think him and Rachel McAdams bounce off each other really, yeah. really well. Um, and I, I, yeah, sorry. At times she can have like a bit of a like Anne Hathaway theater kid quality to me. Which, in this movie specifically or in general? In general. Oh, yeah. Where it feels a little bit too much like she's acting, acting. Okay. Um, and I get that a couple times in this movie, but I think it, she's like... I got it like once or twice. Yeah. But. Like when she's like, everybody get on the fucking ground, don't move. Where it's like, I get that she's supposed to be like acting like this person, but like feels a little too actory. But I think okay. she's really good in this movie also. Yeah. And I think it's like a much more memorable, memorable movie than, say, um, her role in Doctor Strange, which I still sure. think is psychotic that she's in Doctor Strange. It's wacky. And I think we've talked about it seven times because we've had, like, 19 Rachel McAdams. <laughs> I don't think you've ever mentioned Doctor Strange when we've talked about Rachel McAdams. I've probably mentioned maybe it in, like, the About Time episode or whatever. Maybe. But it is but it's it, so It is very weird. strange that we've, like, talked... It's very Doctor Strange <laughs> that we... <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That we... <laughs> That we've had so many Rachel McAdams movies already, like yeah, it's very strange. Um, but I think she's good. Let's just like leave Mean Girls and The Notebook for a while. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was never gonna pick The Notebook. I might pick Mean Girls. But... Yeah. Uh, I do like Mean Girls. Um, um, but yeah, uh, should we move on to Rachel McAdams? I think Jason Bateman's really good. I think it. Yeah. This movie just. I like, think matches this is like. Can you know how I really talked well? about fast five being like the pinnacle where everything kind of comes together for the franchise yeah i feel like this is that for jason bateman where it's like Mm -hmm. yeah not even saying that like i love arrested development yeah but like this is like i think only he can play this role yeah and i don't think like (laughs) if you think of the movie the change up Uh where he swaps bodies with ryan reynolds yeah i the one thing that is positive about the changeup that I did notice is he's really good at playing Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Whereas Ryan Reynolds, I don't think is very good at playing Jason Bateman. Ryan Reynolds, I don't know what he can play, but but like you toss Ryan Reynolds into this movie instead of Jason Bateman, doesn't work. No. I um, like who are some other options to even put in Vince Vaughn? Love the guy. No, uh, wouldn't work. Owen Wilson? No. Ben Stiller? No. I, like, I truly think this is, like, the perfect Jason Bateman role. Because even in Arrested Development, like, even though he's, like, the main character, I guess, like, nobody's really thinking about his character as, like, the he's guy. He's sort of outshined. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, it kind of That's kind works. of the point of the show. Yeah. But, like, in this movie, it like you said, it's the perfect coming together of, like... A role for Jason Bateman where he is the guy and it mm-hmm. works. Um, that being said, <laughs> just to move on, uh, he is outshined by one person and that's Jesse Plemons. That's true. Who plays who Officer is, Gary? I know I said John C. Riley is one of our great actors. Jesse Plemons is also. He's, he's like if we're talking about underrated actors of our time, Jesse Plemons, and is he's also quickly on that becoming. List properly rated I yeah well because he he was in breaking bad and um he was like a weird kind of villain right well yeah he played kind he played a character named todd who was kind of like a little bit of a like a little sociopathic like um kind of just like creepy weird guy um and he like killed it Mm -hmm. and then he he's done a bunch of other things as well um he came back for el camino which was the breaking bad sequel movie and um he was also good in that um like the thing about that was he'd uh he'd like i mean he'd got it was like i don't know 15 years later basically so like i don't know if that's true i don't know how long it was but like he'd gained quite for a bit el of, camino yeah it wasn't 15 years no later. it wasn't 15 um it, it was maybe like eight i'll eight figure or it out seven but he'd like put on some weight since then and like the way that they decided to do it was to just like ignore it and just pretend he looked the exact way that he was like six years okay but like they just pretended that he looked the exact same way as he did during the show and like some people said it was weird and it was like a little weird at first but like he's so good that you kind of just like you kind of just forget because he he just jumps immediately back into that character and he's really good in this movie. This is the first time I've seen him in a comedic role, and my goodness, perfect! One of the genuinely, I think one of the best comedic performances I've seen in a movie. Yeah, that might be extreme, but like I believe it. Yeah, like an unexpected comedic performance because like you expect it out of John C. Riley, you expect it out of Will Ferrell, yeah, you expect it out of like. Um, what's another movie we're doing? Some of the people in Wet Hot American Summer. But like, Palm you ride. see him and you're like, who is this guy who's got blonde, bleach, blonde hair, and he's eyebrows? Ginger, but- he's ginger in this movie? Is that what you're actually trying to say to me? No, he's ginger. Yeah, he's 100% ginger. In this movie, you're saying he's ginger? Yes. I'm about to find out. Did you image. hit your crack pipe before you came here? No. He's literally a ginger person. He might be a ginger person. You can dye someone's hair, my man. He's ginger in this movie, my man. This might be one of the. This might be a colorblind moment. I'm not lying. (sighs) Well, he's going to be in that new. um... Look, you're saying that's blonde hair, my brother? Yeah. That's ginger hair. I hate to say it. He's going to. He's in um Killers of the Flower Moon. He was he was in another thing. Power of the Dog. Somewhat re Maybe it was Power of the Jungle Dog. Cruise? No. Antlers. Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm thinking of ending things. Maybe The Irishman. The Black Vice. Black Mirror. The Post. American Maid. I just Fargo. feel like he was in something very recently that kind of popped off. Love and Death with Elizabeth Olsen. Windfall with Jason Siegel. Maybe it was maybe it was Judas and the Black Messiah that I'm remembering. What do you mean like Pop? Like Power of the Dog was nominated for Oscars. Yeah, I mean that I saw. Oh, so like none of this. I'm pretty sure it was uh, Judas and the Black I Messiah. I think that's the only one you've seen on this list. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't know. He's he's like truly incredible. He has so many great quotes. Let me. I mean, I topped off the episode with one of them, which was th- they don't want him to come to game night anymore because he's weird, and like his wife left him, and they were more friends with his wife than with him. Um, but they're trying to cover up that they're having a game night. He notices three bags of Tostito scoops in, in Jason Bateman's grocery bag. And he's like, oh yeah, they, these were on for, for a deal. Three for one. And he goes, three for one? How could that possibly be profitable for Frito-Lay? <laughs> Which is, And he, the delivery's excellent. Um, what else? Uh, I will admit... Oh yeah, when they finally go and are like, let's play game night at your place. And he's like, it's really late. And they're like, yeah, but we just really want to. And then he finally is like... I will admit, I've eagerly awaited a night such as this. <laughs> and, then and then he slowly just like, backs into the darkness. So good. And then when he's like shows up at the end, spoilers. And mm-hmm. the guy's like, don't even think about it, pig. And then he says, can't say I care for that nomenclature. And then <laughs> shoots them. Yeah dude he is truly incredible like every single scene he's a show stealer Mm -hmm. probably the scene where he's like the most (laughs) like not stealing the show is probably when they're at his house even then though like well that's the thing but then, like he starts to like walk towards Jason Bateman. He's about to be found out, and then I forget the character's name, but the Irish lady I think Sarah, Sarah, she's like, "Can you tell me about your wife? Can you tell me about Debbie?" And then he's like, "Where do I begin?" <laughs> it's just like he, he like immediately... slowly turns around, yeah, and he like sits said... down. I beg your pardon or something excuse me and it's like oh man he's like scary but like in maybe the funniest way but even in that scene there's the part where he's like I'm just gonna read it so Sarah how long have you two been a couple and she's like oh no we're not We, we just work together and then he's like I see. I thought I detected a certain chemistry between the two of you. And she goes, (laughs) no way. And he's like, then again, I'm not the bed best at judging chemistry in the world. Yeah. And then Ryan, (laughs) there's a science. And then Ryan's like, Oh, cause your wife left you. (laughs) Who is also great. Billy Magnuson is in this movie. And he's like, he's in a bunch of stuff now. He's, he's very funny in this. He, I think he perfectly plays like the nice but really dumb and kind of insensitive frat guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he has a lot of very funny lines when he's, when he's pushing the <laughs> dollar bills towards the <laughs> like <laughs> escape room instructor person. Mm-hmm. And it's very good. Um, yeah, I think this movie is just really well cast. Like the, yeah, the core like eight, I guess with Kyle Chandler being in there as well. hmm. Um, because do you know who Kyle Chandler is? Have you seen him in stuff before? Yeah. Have you seen him in things? I recognize him, but I haven't. I haven't. I don't think I've really seen him. He was the coach on Friday Night Lights, which was like that foot that high school football show. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan was on it. Jesse Plemons was also on it. Oh, cool. Um, so he's like this sort of like he's like a quintessential cool successful like inspirational guy yeah but then cast him in this role where he's like that guy but fake yeah (laughs) but even like still has the charisma of like a nice guy but like his brother doesn't like him but like everyone else does yeah it's just great just just a great casting choice but like and well here's the thing this movie is as soon as you said that i'm like this movie's kind of like book smart in the way that like it All of the characters being perfectly cast is what makes it so special. Obviously, there's other aspects, Mm -hmm. but like that is truly what gives the heart is like having these super like palpable characters that just kind of leap off the screen. I don't think this quite reaches the heights of Booksmart in that regard, but very close. We're like uh, Jesse Plemons, Rachel McAdams, Jason Bateman uh Lamorne Morris yeah um, and then his like wife in the movie is Kylie Bunbury who I haven't really seen in anything else yeah but, um, she, but she was also really good yeah I felt like, like she they're both was very great. charismatic yeah and then also the guy who plays Dexter was uh, oh Michael C. yeah Chelsea Peretti's in it Chelsea Peretti's great the doctor at the beginning her oh, name's Camille oh, yeah. Chen but like she's great yeah <laughs> when it's I, that's such a, an incredible scene to open on because you get so much information about the characters and mm-hmm. like Jason Bateman's temperament, which like you kind of got, but like the way that Rachel McAdams kind of navigates it—that's yeah. like, sort of information you get. And it, and it immediately sets up Jason Bateman's relationship with his brother, mm-hmm. and like Rachel McAdams kind of like. I like that they show that because in the doctor's office scene, Rachel McAdams is still kind of like on everybody else's level of being like brooks is the best mm-hmm. but then it's not until after that that then she starts to see brooks the yeah. way that jason bateman sees brooks. it's like he tells her he doesn't like brooks or like his problems and then brooks comes to the house in the stingray and then she's like oh fuck that guy yeah and then she's on his side and then it turns out that he was doing all of it for his brother mm-hmm. which like Something I wrote early on in my notes was, like... Because since I'd seen it before, I knew that ultimately Brooks was, like, doing this for his brother because he loved him. Mm -hmm. But, like, all of that aside, he's still an asshole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, when Jason Bateman's like, oh, yeah, you invited us to your house. Didn't know if you had any games since you're renting this house, so we brought some games. And he has, like, Scrabble and Life. And then... Brooks like picks up the three games and throws them across the room and is like, We don't need those. We're playing a different game. And he's like doing it for dramatic effect. It was like, dude, that was a that was like rude. And I like that like as Jason Bateman's like, dude, that was like you didn't have to throw the games. What the heck? Rachel McAdams goes over and she's like picking up the games. Mm. Cause it's like, well, that was very rude. And well, because they also care so much about the games too, yeah, right? Yeah. I think we should also say um, Sarah, Sharon Horgan. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's like, I don't know why she's not in more things. Yeah. Because I felt like she was really funny. I really, really liked her in this. She was great as like a, because um, she was she was also a funny character, but I also felt like she was like the sane one. Yeah. In a lot of instances. Especially with um Ryan. Yeah. Where she's like a normal, well-adjusted person. Mm-hmm. Um, But also, like, it's a weird relationship dynamic that they set up. And I think the relationship dynamics are all very interesting, which is why, like, the side plots are good. Because in that relationship dynamic, Billy Magnuson's, like, 15 years younger than her. Yeah. Which is, like, obviously fine. But, like, you don't see that a lot. Mm -hmm. So, like, having the stupid one be the guy... But he's got all this like arrogance about it. Well, I but think then she's like sorry. also older, but confident in herself. Because mm-hmm. usually, I feel like you play that role and like, or you'd have be given that role, and that character is not as confident. Yeah, as she is in this movie. Yeah, which is like I think it's just funny when she's like, "You only have seventeen dollars," <laughs> yeah. and like all that shit. Well, it, it's not even you have seventeen dollars. It's like we're like. G- out like we're going out yeah you've brought 17 dollars in cash yeah it's like you very clearly like if this was a date because there's like kind of a thing of like i was gonna pay yeah where it's like yeah um and i think that like it's a really good dynamic as well for us to be shown early on that ryan constantly brings these like dumb girls to game night and they're like constant it's just a revolving door of these like yeah, random like pretty much the same person yeah but then he brings her and she, like he's the dumb one yeah like he was dumb before obviously yeah but, like now she's like it actually... was like people on his level and then she's above his level yeah yeah and I just think that's a really fun dynamic I also find it funny where it's like he's <laughs> He is going to, if he gets this clue, he's getting a million dollar car base. Not a million dollar car, but like a multiple hundred thousand dollar car. So why aren't you figuring out a way to give her more money? Yeah. You know? I have one more character to talk about. Wow, this time flew by. I have one more character to talk about. That just like reinforces the this movie is perfectly cast across the board. Jeffrey Wright oh as I was looking at the cast and he's like not in here and he's well, like, he's in like one scene. He literally maybe has like one minute of screen. And he's trouble. also one of our great actors. Yeah, he's another one. Yeah. <laughs> um, where like, and I think he's starting to get up there. Like being in the Batman as well, like really boosted him. I think. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright is excellent in this. He like you said, he kind of plays like he doesn't play a teenager, but he somehow plays his character like he's a teenager, where he's like, ah yeah. man. It's like, <laughs> I quit Disney Cruises for this. Yeah. Cause he's like the guy who was working for the escape room company that came as like a fake FBI agent, and then he gets beat up by the actual like people who are actually there to like kidnap and kill brooks Mm. um but he's just so good i've never seen someone play a guy who's trying really hard to act well but (laughs) acting bad yeah and do that so well and jeffrey wright just nails it (laughs) and it's so good um and how Chelsea Peretti when he gets when when he calls her is like, Are you okay? And he's like, I'm not fucking okay. I got punched in the fucking <laughs> face by these random guys. And I don't know, he's just like he's great. He's great. Um how much more do you have to say? Because we can honestly keep this a shorty if you ain't got much more to say. I was thinking about talking a little about Jeff, but that would mean talking a lot about Wes Anderson, kind of. Jeff. I, I don't know. I'm just not that into Wes Anderson. That's I fine. saw Asteroid City. Did you? Yeah. Just not my thing. That's fair. That's fine. Um, I love Jeffrey Wright, though. I think he's pretty great in his, like, one scene. I think another thing to commend about this movie, I kind of mentioned it before, but, like, a lot of shots that don't need to have thought put into them have thought put into them. So, there's, like... Yeah. The shots of the cars driving, they're framed like it's like a need for speed game. Mm -hmm. The shot of when they're trying to get Brooks from that bar and the guy's trying to hit the lock and it's like locked, the camera's locked on the lock position. So when it turns, the camera turns. Yeah. Or like when they'll open doors, they'll like mount a camera on the door. So it's like just more interesting than seeing people just kind of get into a car or drive somewhere. Yeah. Which is like, that's a thing with a movie like the change up where it's like, everything is just like, we're getting the basics it is, and the we're change going up costs so much more money. Yeah. Because these little things don't really cost a lot of money. It doesn't cost a lot of money to mount a GoPro to a car. Yeah. You know, like it's just the fact it. that's like, you know what it is? I've never really thought about this. A movie costs more money if the people making it know less what they're doing. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Ne- I've never really thought about that, but that just makes so much sense. So let me look up how much the change-up cost. Like, that's why fucking... What was the movie we are talking about? <laughs> um, uh, we were comparing Booksmart having a $6 million budget... To, oh yeah the campaign having oh, like yeah. a 95 million dollars you know budget. what else costs like a hundred million dollars what Oppenheimer you can do you can make Oppenheimer with the same amount of money you can make the campaign yeah that doesn't seem right yeah but Chris Nolan knows what he's doing yeah so he, he has, can get it done yeah and he has ideas for what he wants to do yeah so like well the, that's the thing the campaign like I just feel like it was a bunch of people being like I guess we're making a movie now it's like Zach Galifianakis is big so it, let's get him in something after the hangover exactly and I think it's just like the extra costs come from them kind of just like figuring it out yeah <laughs> Like, um, the change up cost $52 million and it came out seven years before game night. Yeah. Like that's crazy. It's man. insane. So it's th- so easy to do some of the shit that they did. Like the fast, like when they, there's a new game night that starts and they do like fast cuts of like getting it's like poor salsa, get poor yeah, chips, yeah, yeah. like that stuff, that little thing that costs like. Pretty much nothing. It just, like, makes it... It gets you so much more into it, having those little transition bits as well. Mm-hmm. A worse movie, like The Change-Up, would just cut to them walking in and having a game yeah. night. So, like, I wanted to commend that. And also, the action scenes are, like, actually pretty good. Yeah. For what kind of movie this is. Like, they're pretty good. So, I 100% understand why they got Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, yeah. Why they went from, like, a $50 million budget to 100 and something. Yeah. I really want to watch Dun- Dungeons and Dragons now man I never caught it But I probably should But like that movie The budget of that movie is $150 million And there's From what I've heard from everyone There's a lot of good practical effects in it mm-hmm. Which are like Kind of cheaper if you know how to do them right It's cheaper to do a practical effect right Than to do a vi- like, <clears throat> A digital effect wrong Yeah, You know Honestly, knowing that the people who made Dungeons and Dragons also <laughs> made Game Night makes me want to watch Dungeons and Dragons more. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, they care. <laughs> like, oh, it's not just like a cash. It's not a cash grab. Like Barbie.
1: Disagree. Mm-mm. No. But like
0: that's the, <laughs> it's know. the exact same thing where it's like Greta Gerwig and no Bombat care. Yeah. So they're going to write a good script. They did go over some budget apparently as Hillary who was fucking us, but cares? like who gives a fuck. They're, they like, made their money back obviously. It's gonna make a billion dollars. Yeah, man, it's insane. It's insane. I have not looked at like the difference between Barbie and Oppenheimer box office, but do you know? Um, it's there's a pretty vast gap. Really? Yeah. Well, like with Oppenheimer making more. No, with no, Barbie, Barbie making, making more. more. Yeah. Hell, hell yeah! Cool. Um, I'll try and look it up. You talk a little bit. Yeah. So I don't know. I just like have never really thought about truly just like the reason a lot of these garbage movies cost so much is because since they're garbage movies, I was about to say they're being made by garbage <laughs> people, but that's not what I mean. Um, but it's just people who don't know what they're doing as much. So, of course, it's going to cost more. Um, yeah, I've never really thought about that. So that's really cool. I'm just going to go through my notes, say some quick things while you're getting this. Okay. okay? Um Here's another fun quote. Jason Bateman says, Why do you assume I use dandruff shampoo? And Brooks says, Well, you've always been a bit of a snowstorm. <laughs> and I thought that was a that was a good line, related to it a little bit. Um, what else? Oh yeah, oh yeah. When they first kidnap Brooks and one of the guys being like, Anyone who follows us gets shot. And then Jason Bateman's like, sure thing, drive safe. <laughs> and then I'm just like, like that is like, I think that's a, yeah, such a pinnacle good. of Jason Bateman is like, he can be a leading funny guy, yeah. in the right role, and how this is the right role. So, um, one more uh, when uh, the couple that's like been together since middle school are stuck in the room trying to escape, and he's like, I'm gonna burn this door down, and she's like. Well, you're going to light a fire in a windowless room. <laughs> room that we can't get out of? He's like, what, you sleep with Bill Nye the Science Guy? he talked to you about flames? <laughs> Dude, Lamorne Morris is one of the most underused guys. And isn't he? It, he's a New Girl. Yeah, and he's also in, I forget what the company is, but he's in like a banking commercial. Chase series, Bank, right? I Chase think. Chase Bank, okay. No, BMO. 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 Yeah. Um, I thought so. He's also in Bloodshot. What do you think of that? All right. But like, <clears throat> he's so good. He's, he's so, so good. I think he's actually... Maybe I'm lying. I think he was just in a new movie. I feel like I saw him in a trailer for a new movie. Maybe I'm lying. I think I might be lying. Oh. Well, um, then I'm lying too. Apparently he was in... No, that's not a, That's not the same movie that I'm thinking of. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember. Anyway. Anyway. Um, I have... So here's the Barbie and Oppenheimer stuff. Sure, just sure, sure. sure. To tie that knot off. Globally, this is as of the 30th of July. Yeah, can I be honest? I've never given a fuck about domestic box office. Just give me worldwide, you know? <laughs> I mean, there is a difference because world like international, they get like a quarter of the tickets. Oh, really? Domestic, they get like half. Interesting. Um <clears throat> that's actually but good But globally to know for Barbie, it's grossed seven hundred and seventy four million. Goodness. Um, Oppenheimer which Oppenheimer is vastly outperforming overperforming um has over-performing? made overperforming what yeah, do you mean it wasn't supposed to be doing this well oh okay it, it making 80 million in its first weekend was like double what it was supposed honestly, to be honestly i wouldn't be surprised if releasing alongside barbie <laughs> increased I think how i sure people. it did like i don't i probably wouldn't have seen oppenheimer in theaters oh, honestly no um but it's globally made 400 million which is more than tenant and more than batman begins oh wow already and this cool. is the second week or yeah second week nice um anyway we we will eventually do barbie on the pod if we weren't <laughs> so busy honestly i was thinking about like us just doing it after we saw it but i was like well we'll just do it later but i do think that we should do barbie on the pod eventually because i just think there's a lot honestly we there. should do like a fucking gerwig month oh that would be good do francis haw lady, lady bird, bird little women and barbie sure no, we could do that and then we could do Jordan Peele month too, Keanu, dude. I, I've gotten to love to do Us, Keanu. Nope. Yeah, sure. Um, do a Damien Chazelle month. Name Madeline. fifteen more. Do you want me to? No. Okay. Um, I have one more thing to say and then I, I'm down to like... Uh, get into the questions into and then the we we'll wrap this son of a bitch up. I mentioned this while we were watching but uh, there's a very famous interview clip of Alfred Hitchcock <clears throat> talking about tension in movies mm-hmm. and how um, like if you watch a scene of two guys talking about baseball for five minutes boring ass scene mm-hmm. uh, or sorry, you watch them talk about baseball for five minutes and then they blow up. You're like what 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 just happened? You're just more like confused and surprised. Well, no, I think but if you, you were s- right the first time where it's like if you if it's just a scene of two guys talking about baseball, there's Well, not, no, but no like tension. the blowing up is important cuz like, It is. If you it, it's if you just see them talking about baseball, you kind of it's boring and you don't care and then they blow up and you're kind of like, "What?" Mm-hmm. Whereas if you know that there's a bomb under the table before the baseball conversation, add a little bit of music in there all of a sudden it's like super tense even though it's the exact same scene it's just the knowledge from the is this the music okay if the knowledge from the audience that they know there's a bomb under the table makes it tense similarly in this movie we know that the gun that rachel mcadams has is real And she's waving it around, pointing it at people's heads. Jason Bateman's holding it with some weird falcon claw hand, like moving it around. And uh, at one point, Rachel McAdams puts it in her mouth with her (laughs) finger on the trigger, and it's just like it's the exact. She's like pointing it at the at the guys on the ground. Yeah, and the guy's like, ah, fuck! Uh," He's like scared. Um, But like. That's the exact same thing as the bomb under the table bringing tension to the scene. Except this brings like comedy to the scene. And I think it's just really interesting that like the same filmmaking concept can be applied in two different scenarios Mm -hmm. and bring forth two different feelings. It's kind of like in This is the End when they have... When Jonah Hill gets the gun and he's like, oh, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, Although the difference with that is like the characters also know it's a real gun. Yeah. So they're just being stupid. I think the first time you're watching game night, you're kind of like, maybe it's a fake gun, but it could be real. Yeah. Um. Anyway, would you like to do a game night like this? What, where we get kidnapped? Yeah. I, I do, like, love the idea of... Like, a really interactive, like, murder mystery or something? Yeah. Like, I remember pitching in on the bus in high Grade school. Grade two. Nope. No. Oh. I remember being on the bus Close. in high school and talking with some friends about how, like, I would love to open a business where, like, it's escape room-esque, but it's more, like, experiences where, like, you can do one where you like plan and execute a bank heist you do one where like zombie apocalypse is real and you have to like survive for Mm -hmm. like a period of time depending on the package you purchase um one where you get deserted on an island and you have to figure it out like i love that and you could never do that because you'd be starving people for money um but like I don't know. I just love that idea of just like doing these big, high stakes, high scale things like that you wouldn't be able club to do or usually. something. Sure. And like making it sexy. Is that what you were gonna say? I think you're kind of just like saying what's in the back of your mind now. And I it's think coming we're to coming up on one a.m. We are coming up on one a.m. <laughs> um, on a fucking. Monday. So yeah, I I think here. The way that it played out in this movie, no. (laughs) I don't want to get shot in the arm and have my uh, partner dig through my bullet hole wound. Which, that's the one scene I hated. Just because I hate any time they do a a movie does like a close-up skin slicing scene. Can I ask you a question though? Yeah. What if you were shot through the heart and you're to blame? Well then, in that scenario, you would give Love a bad name. Oh, that makes sense actually. That makes a lot of sense. Adam Driver. I think we're at that point. Yeah. Adam Driver. Oh, what is it? Oh, ah, I forgot what that even means. Who that even is. Actually, you know what? Even though I think he's perfectly cast and is excellent, I'd probably put him in Jesse Plemons' Gary role. Interesting. I think Adam Driver could... Not do the exact same thing, but he could do a similar take on that character that I think would also work really well. Um, I don't know if it would be as good as Jess, what Jesse Plemons did, but I think it would be good. That's an interesting thing. I was kind of thinking Kyle Chandler. The brother, Brooks. Brooks? That could be interesting. Um, boomer. What? Boomer. Oh, the big wrestling guy? Yeah, just get those high-waisted Star Wars pants on. Yeah, actually, if we just replaced the Boomer character in all of his shots with Adam Driver, but he's yelling (laughs) from The Last Jedi. Yeah. More! More! Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be good. Okay. Well, I think that's fair. And then... um... Ranking, I guess. Yeah, ranking spanking. All right. This one's going to be a little bit of Did a Did you hear toughie. what I said? Ranking spanking is what you said. But like, I said it kind of like, ranking spanking. What, what what do you want from me? No, you're right, actually. I'm stupid. <laughs> Never said that? It's you... okay. We're coming up on 1 a.m. It's okay. I'll stop eating. Never said that either. <laughs> uh, definitely didn't say that one. Pfft. Um, <laughs> Game night, honestly, my instinct is to put this quite high. Interesting. But not like. So I'd love to know where you'd put this instinctively to start. Instinctively, if I had to pick a number between 1 and 33. Mm, instinctively. He's instinctively, moving his fingers around in a weird, instinctively, creepy way. Instinctively. Instinctively. Oh, now he's doing maybe the worst motion I've ever seen him make <laughs> with his hands. Above Close Encounters. Above Close Encounters! I was not anticipating this. <laughs> I was not anticipating this. Where was you going to put it? I was going to... Because I thought you were going to want to put it lower. I was going to put it in and around, like, the West Side Story area. Instructively and doinktively. Very interesting. That being said, I would like to put it higher. I don't know. Mm, actually, wait, did you say above Close Encounters? Mm-hmm. Honestly, that feels good to me. Does it feel nice? Yeah. Now, question. Knowing that I was willing to put it lower, does that change your thing, or did you truly say where you wanted to put it? I'm not sure if I give a shit anymore. (laughs) All right, then I'm putting it below Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, above Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Are you okay with that? I literally just told you I was okay with that. Why are you asking (laughs) me another question? I'm clarifying, brother. So that means game night sitting now at number eight on our list. That's way higher than I thought it would go, but I feel good about it. 789. Is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone at 7, Game Night at 8, and Close Encounters of a Third Kind. Of the third kind, I apologize, at nine. Um, wow. I do love this movie. I think it's very funny. I it was kind of like a last throw on for me because I was like, ah, I need another comedy. I forget what was on there initially. But um, I think it was um, you're gonna say something dumb. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of just took all of the air out of whatever you're gonna say. Why was thirty three afraid of eight? Why? It was seven, eight, nine. But seven, eight, nine. Well, eight didn't do anything. Next week we're talking about <laughs> Wet Hot American Summer. I think. Yeah, sure. Um, either that or everybody wants some. One of them. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening to this episode. We love you and we appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a good summer. Hope. What uh, the fuck is happening? I'm just wishing everybody a good time. Love you all. Um, my my. Uh oh. Uh oh. Don't fall into the darkness, brother. <laughs> I'll call mom. We'll save you da